Ooh, you are listening to Keith Price's Curtain Call. Hey, this is Keith Price of Keith Price's Curtain Call, and we welcome to yet another edition of what has been a fantastic journey. And I mean, today, I can't even begin to tell you how excited I am about this episode for you, because I got to do something that I've always wanted to do, which was to sit on the stage of a nice, fabulous venue, Feinstein's 54 Below, and conduct my interview. And in the middle of the interview, I got to throw to the artists and have them sing songs, which I think is like a Mike Douglas dream for those of you old enough to remember, and if you don't, Google. The thing is, I got to do this interview, and it was fabulous because these guys are really groovy. Sean Altman and Jack Sculler are the duo that are giving tribute to... Not a lost art, because, you know, it's all about the fact that these are, they're going back to the world of the two-part harmonies when they're talking about the Everly Brothers. And, you know, as I'm sitting here thinking about it, it's really cool that they're doing this because maybe the Everly Brothers is due for a Broadway show. Who knows? But in the interim, if you are in town May 9th, you need to get your behinds to 54 Below and check out these fabulous guys, Sean Altman and Jack Sculler. Take it away, boys. One, two, three, four. that, you know, I'm lucky enough to have a big, wide demographic that listens to all kinds of things that come from different places, and it's amazing because I never thought of the Everly Brothers as being someone that people not only would idolize and enjoy. I mean, I come from a generation where they were a couple of, there was like a generation or so before me, and I understood their music, and I understood their style, and I understood what they contributed to the, the music lexicon at the time, but then... I never thought of it as something that people would want to bring back, just because it just seemed, you know, it's part of that mix that, uh, you know, I don't know why it wouldn't come back, but I couldn't think of why it, it should have come back. And it's so great because today I am now talking to two people that are, I won't say resurrecting the energy of, of the Everly Brothers, but they certainly are bringing their own, they're bringing the stylings and at the same time bringing their own energies to them. And I'd like to welcome to Keith Price's Curtain Call, Sean Altman and Jack Sculler, who are going to be doing 
approximately the Everly Brothers. Hey guys, how you hey, doing? Thanks for having us. Thank you. Are you kidding? Thank you for taking the time to chat with me because you know this is a dream for me to be able to sit on the stage and just chat with people because I, I come here so often. So the first question that I have to ask is, why the Everly Brothers? To me, I, see, I grew up on the Everly Brothers music and, and I always thought of it as something timeless and I heard it, their influence and everybody else that I like, the Beatles and Simon and Garfunkel and Sean can vouch for that too. Uh, I think that there's just something that's irresistible about them that drew me at a young age. And when we sing those songs together, we get to just be pure musicians and enjoy it and, and have probably you know, some of the most fun that, that we ever get to have on the stage because the music does that, that work for us. I love Can it. I point out, by the way, that Jack, when Jack says at a young age, he, he appreciated the Everly Brothers. Jack just turned 21. Okay. <laughs> oh, See, so. and now, thank you, Sean, because... <laughs> that's something for the radio. That's, that's for the radio. No, I just, because, again, he's giving you this really mature sound as he's talking and answering <laughs> this question. But, again, when I look at you as someone who this, this music is so at least three or four generations before you... You know, Sean and I are, you know, I don't want to give Sean's age away because, you know, he's in show business and we have to maintain. Thank you very much, Keith. I appreciate <laughs> However, yeah. we are both in the same generation, and I know how you discovered the Everly Brothers because somebody had to tell you like they told me. <laughs> but who in your family, Jack, told you? It's weird because I, I kind of come from a punk family, and uh, my songwriting was always, when I was 13, my songwriting was kind of reminiscent of rockabilly songs because I always really loved the Elvis and the Beatles probably more than... My parents did. Uh, and when, when I started putting out records and recording, people were telling me that they, they heard the Everly Brothers and Buddy Holly influence in my songwriting, and that's kind of even more how I, how I got into that. Well, it's interesting that you say Buddy Holly because you are a Buddy Holly prize-winning writer, songwriter, aren't yeah, you? Yeah. <laughs> All right. At 21. Okay, I mean... You know, Sean Altman, of course, if, you, if you're listening to his voice, you might remember him in a wonderful group called Rockapella. And at the same time, for those of us of a certain age that probably Jack might remember hearing the voices on Where is Carmen San Diego. <laughs> Am I wrong, Sean? I think Jack is actually too young to remember. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know what's so funny? It's like that is the power of music and having it have such a strong influence on someone. So like for you, Sean, you clearly as someone who sings a cappella, knows and understands the, the ins and outs of being able to sing that way. Um, what drew you to this project? I mean... I came to the Everly Brothers in a, the most roundabout way. I was entirely unaware of, of the Everly Brothers, but I grew up on Simon and Garfunkel. Okay. So, so plainly, I was influenced by the Everly Brothers right. circuitously. And similarly, uh, the Everly Brothers' influence on the Beatles is, is, uh, is legendary, mm -hmm. and I'm a, a Beatle fanatic. Yeah. So, so this, just is, this is just the music of an age for you. Yeah, I mean, I, I realized also that a lot of these songs, I, I grew up hearing alternate versions of them, like When Will I Be Loved? When I was growing up in the 70s, I assumed that that was a Linda Ronstadt tune. I didn't realize that it was an Everly Brothers tune. The song Love Hurts, I grew up hearing the Nazareth mm -hmm. hard rock version. Love Hurts! That one, yeah. yeah. But, but that's a, it's an Everly Brothers song. When they do it, it's actually oh so lovely and, <laughs> and oh so precious. Love, love yeah. is painful, yeah. and it hurts, but it sounds nice. <laughs> so a lot of these songs I grew up with, I just didn't realize they were Everly Brothers songs. And wow. Then, and now I'm... I'm so Jack and I, or this is, we're sort of uh, like 
Everly fan devotees, and we're able to sort of live out our our dream of singing these songs. Well, I mean, there's there's I you know not to bring it up again, but there is a bit of an age difference between the two of you. How did you two wind up key running into each other? Keep harping on that. How I can't <laughs> help it. What was the expression that you used um, in the? Uh, in my, am I in my, my retro phase? In my <laughs> retro phase. That's the nicest euphemism <laughs> I've heard. Uh, Jack and I met when he was 14, and I was much older than 14, mm -hmm. albeit still younger than Madonna. And we're, we're both part of the um, Losers Lounge tribute series in New yes. York City. And we were paired to sing uh, Mrs. Robinson at the Simon and Garfunkel tribute. And I remember thinking, oh, you know, I got to sing with this kid. Who is this kid? You know, I'm a professional singer. Exactly. I've got a reputation. Well, I'm not a babysitter. <laughs> and Jack shows up, and he was incredibly well prepared, and we blended beautifully. And that started our, our, our friendship. And we would see each other backstage every year or so and say, hey, you guys, you know, wake up, little Susie, you know, Bob, I love him. With, without even uh, trying, we all of a sudden developed a repertoire of around five or six Everly Brothers tunes. I, I was going to say, like, so this was a, a, an actual evolution of a project and not something that was put together by some weird A&R person going, hey, you know, it would be really great to put these two guys together and they can do the Everly Brothers. I want to meet the A&R person. Like, yeah, let's bring back the Everly Brothers sound. <laughs> you know, CBS, they might do it over there. They love classics. No, we, we just, we, uh, we put it together about, only about a year and a half ago. Uh, and it was, it's about, you know, it's about 30 songs. It's a lot of, it's a lot of repertoire. Right. So, wow, this is, this is a fantastic thing. I mean, you know, Sean Altman and Jack Scholar, you're here with me talking about their upcoming show, May 9th here at Feinstein's 54 Below, the approximate Everly Brothers, which I kind of like that, that angle because, I mean, you know, you're not related, you're not brothers, but at the same time, you certainly are bringing that kind of, of harmony. I'd love for people to get a taste, I guess, of what you guys are going to be presenting on May 9th if you want to give me a number, and then we'll come back, we'll talk some more. Oh, love fabulous. To. All right. Let me get out of your way. I love this. Right. I feel like Mike Douglas right now we're throwing to the music section of the show. <laughs> wake up, little Susie, wake up. Wake up, little Susie, wake up. We both fell sound asleep. Wake up, little Susie, and we. The movie's over at four o'clock and we're in trouble deep. Wake up, little Susie. Wake up, little Susie. Well, what are we gonna tell your mama? What are we gonna tell your pop? What are we gonna tell our friends when they say, Ooh la la, wake up, little Susie. Wake up, little Susie. Wake up, little Susie. Wake up, little And we are back here for Keith Price's Curtain Call live, sort of, kind of, at Feinstein's 54 Below, which is very exciting. I, I'm thrilled. I don't know about anybody else, but this is exciting for me. Um, and this is great because we're here with Sean Altman and Jack Sculler, approximate Everly Brothers, May 9th at uh, Feinstein's 54 Below, which, of course, you know, is one of my favorite places in the city. And again, you got a taste. You just got a taste. Don't be mad. Now you got to show up for the whole show. This is the thing. So I'm, as I watched you guys perform, and I noticed 
that you guys are very, very much into this music style, which is really great. Um, how hard is it for you to focus on this versus the other music that's out in the world that you enjoy singing? Wow, you know, I have uh, diverse musical tastes. Um, the only the only music I don't like is contemporary country, but I love old, <laughs> I love I love old country, and I and I love all kinds of power pop, you know, mm -hmm. anything that's Beatles inflected, and uh -huh. I, I you know I love uh, I love old R and B, you know, the, the Philadelphia soul sound, mm -hmm. TSOP, yeah. So, okay. Uh, so how do I reconcile this? You know, this is how I reconcile it: is that the Everly vocal sound, the sound of that vocal harmony, whether contemporary groups realize it or not, they're they're influenced by the Everly Brothers. If you've been influenced by by the Beatles or the Bee Gees or the Hollies or the Eagles mm -hmm. or Simon and Garfunkel or any sort of great two-part harmony sound, mm -hmm. you are in essence influenced by the Everly Brothers because they really were the were the first ones to make it a global phenomenon right wow. yeah this is sound. this is so second nature for me i mean because get, getting to sing with sean is like uh just otherworldly because he's a master of harmony and he's been doing it his whole life uh so and these songs are so there's a simplicity in the songs that's really brilliant and i when i play them i get to just kind of lay back it's like the song's playing itself it's just uh really really thrilling to play a whole set of these songs because they're just each one is like Sean's called them like a like a piece of candy sometimes each each one of these songs because a lot of them are really short and sweet but um, it's really I, I get to channel something that that I don't always get to do with other music. I love don't that. Don't you just miss the time in pop music when pop songs were two minutes? Yes, <laughs> yes, because it's all about the extended dance remix. Yeah, with and also, also it's about you know that's I think I really think that that's what the the average listener's attention span. It's about two two minutes, maybe two and a half minutes. Well, I, I think it's that's where it, that's minutes. where it is <laughs> now for sure. Thanks to things like you know the iPhone and and yeah. you know as you can you know pretty much get the entire world on your phone you find out that you don't have time for the entire world so like i just need a minute or two and i'm good to go so again you know here we are you are bringing back this period bringing back this music and i can't help and i know i don't mean to harp on this but for you jack it's like at the age that you are 21 and we're talking about 21 and 2017 so that means you've been through the Beyonce's, you've been through the Britney's, you've been through a lot of the, the things that have peppered pop music over the last 15, 20 years, yet none of that seems to be a style that attracts you at all. <laughs> how, how, does, how does that happen? How, how do you explain? Well, I, you have to appreciate superstars and, and the, the pop royalty of the world, and, and even if it's not what you do, you know, I... I Appreciate it, and you can't ignore it because that's you know what's out there. This is, but I you got to stay true to yourself. Um, and a lot of what's pop royalty is is influenced by what I like. I mean, that's just the just how it is. So um, I never really think about it too much. I get to just kind of be. I get to channel that that music I like from the, my favorite era of rock and roll. I mean, the first generation of rock and roll. And sometimes people think that I, you know, that I write, I write the songs, you know, that I, if I, if it's a cover, mm -hmm. because uh, I like to just make it my own. And um, so, so thinking about contemporary pop in in that music is, I mean, you don't really have to think about it if you're true to yourself. 
All right. Another, Lessons to learn from a 21-year-old. How you living? Uh, another thing that I think is really interesting about what we do is that the, when the, we, we, fo we tend to focus on the Everly Brothers' early hits, so mm -hmm. the stuff that they, that they did from 1957 when they uh, emerged right. to the early 60s. And that's when they were pretty much Jack's age. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so this is contemporary so if you were... We started this act when Jack was 19 and now he's 21. And, and that's basically how old the Everly Brothers were when they were recording these hits. For me, it's... Wow. <laughs> and, uh, and, I, and I'm just... Uh, I'm just trying to keep up with the kid. Well, okay, oh, trying to keep up with the kid. Well, let's let's talk about you for just a minute, Sean. Let's let's yeah, let's have let's a talk moment. About me. Let's get back to you, Sean, because you know we're we're at the age now where we can ignore him. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you, you know, have a little bit of a recording history of stuff on your own because as I was preparing for this interview, I ran across this one <laughs> wonderfully titled song called "Taller Than Jesus." Yes. That I spent my time on the platform getting a little groove on. Um, you have to go find it's it's from <laughs> entitled from your album Jumongus. Yeah. I've, uh, I've released two <laughs> albums of um, Jewish themed comedy songs under the name Sean Altman's Jumongus, and it, it started as a lark. It actually started as a lark with that song Taller Than Jesus, which mm -hmm. is a, a riff on John Lennon's infamous 1967 statement mm -hmm. when he said. That the Beatles are more popular than Jesus Christ, and, and, and the uh, resulting brouhaha. Exactly. So I wrote a song called "Taller Than Jesus," which is you know, somewhat autobiographical like, because I'm I'm very tall, and um, and uh, and that novelty song, it when when I would pepper my otherwise angst-ridden original music shows with that song, mm -hmm. that song got the best response, and I thought, hey, maybe there's something to this novelty song thing, so I uh, I started writing uh, songs that explored um, my Jewish roots. I'm entirely secular. Really? So I, I cast a, a skeptical eye on the customs of my people, but also in doing so, I, I uh, try to skewer anti-Semitism and skewer a lot of the stereotypes. Wow. That feels like a huge undertaking for yes. someone who wants to just basically sing a cappella all the time. <laughs> I just like to sing, and sometimes I like to make people laugh. I think that that's a genius thing, and it's very interesting because, again, that's... Because uh, I, 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 that one particular song I'm thinking of, Taller Than Jesus, has a very kind of groovy 60s yeah, beach... It's like, a, it's like surf rock. Surf rock, exactly. And so, of course, staying true to the period. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, this is this is cool though. How often are, are you still writing songs like that for yourself? Yes, in fact, I just released the second Jumungus album uh, six weeks ago. Oh, so, oh yeah. <laughs> so you had an album that dropped? Well, listen yeah. to that, Sean Altman. You Look know, at I'm you. A, uh, I I tend to gravitate toward projects that have a a, a ceiling. That, mm -hmm. Like uh, I was in Rockapella, which was a novelty act. That, right. You, know, you knew Rockapella was never going to become rock stars. <laughs> and then I was in an act called... Well, for the Carmen San Diego kids, yeah. you were very much a rock star. Don't say, be... But like, it's, still, yeah. it's still kind of a novelty act. And then, yeah. I, was, then I was in an act called uh, Jumungus, which I'm still in. And now I'm in, now I'm in a tribute act called, called The Everly Set. <laughs> so plainly, I have a, um, a certain amount of uh, self-hatred because I, I tend <laughs> to gravitate toward acts that will never make me into a rock star. Are you just you're just in it to win it, right? But not really. Yeah, I I like to sing these songs. Well, I, I mean, every project I do, I do it because it gives me some pleasure. I well, I mean, but that should be the whole point of a lot of this, don't yeah. you think? I mean, for you though, Jack, you're mm -hmm. like you're 21. You have won a major 
you know, songwriting prize, which, you know, for someone in your, your generation, that's a huge to-do. How then for you, since you're basically kind of still in this, the same theme of music, is there something for you musically that you would want to bring in that's not necessarily the rockabilly flavor or this kind of energy? I, I generally like to, like to play my music with uh, as much grit as possible, and I'm, I'm kind of a soft-spoken guy when I'm, you know, but I love really, you know, dirty rock and roll, and uh, <laughs> I, I, I toured with uh, Radio Disney in high school. Right. Uh, and I went all around the country, and every weekend I'd be in a new city with my acoustic guitar, just playing a half-hour set of my songs to thousands of people, and uh, sometimes I would cover an Everly Brothers song. And very often after the show, when I when I do a meet and greet, um, and take pictures with everybody, they they tell me that that was one of their favorites in the set, uh, but they thought I wrote it because it was wow. all kids. Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of a revelation to me. Like I I just, uh, I mean the 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 songs really stand on their own. But I when we play, you know, we add a lot of uh, solos in. The Everly Brothers never they played guitar, but they never really uh, took off. On a, on a guitar solo, they would let the right. band do that. Well, yeah, which is what you guys did, I thought was really kind of cool, watching you guys just flip into that zone. We, especially when we, when we play with our, with our band, it's, uh, we, the music gets to kind of uh, sit. We can let the, the bass player and the percussionist take some, take some time and, and kind of jam out. And it gives us a lot of room to breathe and, uh, and just be musicians. It's, it's very, it's pure music. That's what I think our show is. And I'd like to plug Jack's solo playing, because Jack does a, a bunch of killer guitar solos and harmonica solos in our show, while wow. I just strum along and watch him off. <laughs> Let the kids do that. Do the hard one. Get out there. You got more to show. Get out there. I'm, you know, I'm here. I'm singing. I'm here. I've got the guitar. I don't need to do much more. I got it. Am I, am I missing that, that big muff uh, fuzz tone on the guitar? Maybe, maybe a little bit, but, <laughs> but uh, I think for this, for this music, we... we we do it justice in that we, we really pay homage to one of our favorite harmony duos. I love it, Jack Sculler and Sean Altman with me here on Keith Price's Curtain Call live from Feinstein's 54 Below as we talk about their upcoming gig on May 9th. Now, you're going to be doing this show here May 9th, but this is clearly part of a tour of sorts at some point of what we're working on putting together. We never stop playing. You never we, stop we playing. We played yesterday. We're playing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're just... You know, the act's only been around for a, a year and a half. Uh, we've, we've done a whole lot of shows, mostly duo shows. Uh, right. But for the bigger venues, for the theaters and, and uh, larger clubs, we, we have the backup band. And, uh, you know, we're, it, it's, uh, we're trying to get it out there. Well, it feels the like your response you're, has been fantastic. I, I love that because it feels like to me, though, you guys are like journeyman performers. Like you're... You know, you're just going out to play. You're going out, you're singing all of these great songs. You're working on your stuff independently, of course, but generally speaking, the, the total draw of this is singing with somebody that you like and performing with somebody that you like because a lot of times in show business, you know, I know you know this for sure, Sean, that there are lots of personalities that are there and sometimes, luckily, we can all just work together. <laughs> sometimes... That's all we need to do. I know exactly who you're talking about, and I yeah. would never work with that guy. Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, but, but at the same time, you know, it doesn't take away your love of performing yeah. because sometimes that can pepper that for you. So someone like you, for Jack, you're walking into this with someone who has this kind of experience. What are you learning from Sean? Oh, this, this, I've never had to learn so many songs for, for <laughs> any one show. 
in my entire life. And I know Sean's had a ton of experience with that. But Sean, Sean whips me into shape. I mean, these, these songs uh, and these shows really keep me well-oiled as a performer. I think I've developed a ton with just handling, you know, an hour and a half show and, and uh, play, just blasting 32-minute songs. <laughs> you know, like it's... I really just learned a lot about uh, what it means to be that kind of performer because you don't... Not a lot of people get to do that with their originals. But this is just, you really hammer them on because it's just an entire show of, of harmony bliss. Right. And uh, so Sean's taught me a lot about performing. How about you, Sean? What have you learned from him? Jack, Jack has a, a work ethic that I always think to myself, God, I wish I had had that work ethic when I was his age. I mean, as I said, when he was 14, yeah. he came into that rehearsal for the Loser's Lounge and he had to sing one of the most beloved pop songs ever, Mrs. Um, Mrs. Robinson. Mm -hmm with the venerable Sean Altman. And he came in, <laughs> and he came in so well prepared, much more prepared, uh, much better prepared than a lot of the so-called professionals right. that, I, that I work with regularly. And I, I was immediately impressed. And, um, and I'm still impressed because he's, uh, you know, I've, I've worked with a lot of different people and I've got total confidence in Jack. You know, he's, he's guitar-wise, he's really carrying the load of the act. Uh, I'm, I'm a strummer. Mm -hmm. But Jack's a real player, and so he's adding all, all of the, uh, the Chet Atkins famous guitar licks that wow. the Everly Brothers are, are songs are famous for, and uh, and I and I rely on his uh, on his the strength of his voice, you know, for you know to to help me hone in on on, on Phil Everly's razor high harmonies. Yeah. So uh, it, it's a blast. And we're having, you know, people ask me, you know, why are you doing this act when you, why aren't you concentrating on your original music? And I say, I have not had this much fun singing stuff in a really long time. Well, you know, when you do originals, there's sort of a weird pressure, like, oh, if the, if the audience doesn't doesn't like it, you sort of take it personally. Well, it's a piece of your soul. Yeah. yeah. And, and then Jumungus, you know, my, that show that I do is all about laughs and, oh, what if, you know, what if they don't get the laugh? Mm -hmm. uh, but this stuff... The material is so fantastic, and it's just a, a pure joy. But I would, even if we weren't performing in clubs, I would say to Jack, "Hey, can we go out on the street and sing these songs?" <laughs> Be real buskers right down on the subways here yeah. in New York, which, which we have, by the way, just to stay in shape. Wow! Right. Right. Another thing, I just, I just realized that Sean has taught. There's so many intricacies to studying the the way people sing their songs when you're paying tribute to somebody and you're really listening and analyzing, you know, 30 songs or however many we play. There's so many intricacies in the phrasing and 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 harmonizing. I've never had to study uh, music like that before. I mean, it's I have kind of I play by ear a lot, and I have a pretty good sense for picking up, you know, how a song goes, and that's kind of how I've I've covered stuff. But there's almost like uh, almost an academic approach to to paying tribute to somebody that Sean's really taught me a lot about. I like that. Thank so you, Jack. <laughs> I didn't know that I taught you that. <laughs> but thank but you. see, but that's the thing. It's like you never know what the influences people will have on each other. Sometimes you, even passing in the street, you never know the influence that you can have on a complete stranger by just smiling. So the fact that you're getting to perform and work with somebody like this, with this kind of pedigree as well, I mean, but you walk into the room no slouch on your own. That's, that's a pretty impressive thing to have happen. Thank you. I think that that's beautiful. And then for you to, to, to come together on a project that at the same time I would never have thought people would want to even hear, but people do want to hear the approximate Everly Brothers. Look how I did that, right? The approximate Everly Brothers here at Feinstein's 54 Below, May 9th. 
Um, Which, you, by the way, is my birthday. Really? Yes, it is. So you, this is a go for broke moment, people. <laughs> you got to sell it out. It's his birthday. Pressure's on. <laughs> Don't, but leave, this, don't let me be humiliated. Don't let you be humiliated. <laughs> no, we will never do that. But I think it's really wonderful, though, because at the same time, you guys are bringing an element to Fine Science 54 Below that I like, because this is generally a venue that lots of theatrical people tend to stop in. And I love it when musicians get to come in and actually use this space, because it's a beautiful space to begin with. But to be able to bring that kind of energy to this room it's kind of cool. I think that's very groovy. So at this point now, people can find you guys where? They can look you up online. Yes, we're, we're, uh, please like us on Facebook. It's, we're called The Everly Set. The Everly Set? And the, the Twitter, is that the same thing? Because Now, this is where you, young man, you need to get hip with the process. Oh, you, oh yeah. See, Sean, he's see. the guy, Sean. We're going to put you in charge of all the social media for The Everly Brothers. He's talking Because you got to get it together. Well, actually, in Everly said Snapchat wouldn't be a bad idea. Cause I can I can oh. totally imagine Don and Phil Everly. Just, <laughs> hey guys, we're uh, take, Look, taking selfies. Look at us with our pig snouts. Yeah. I love it. But again, you know, beautiful, beautiful music, beautiful, beautiful performers, great guys. Come out May 9th and celebrate with these guys, the Elvery Brothers, and celebrate Sean's birthday, Sean Altman and Jack Sculler with me here on Keith Price's Curtain Call. And hopefully this will be a lot of live moments for me here at 54 Below, talking to great, or Fine Science 54 Below, talking to great people like you. This is fantastic. So guys, again, I'm, gonna, I'm leaving it to you. Go to FineScience54Below.com, get all your information. May 9th is when the approximate Everly Brothers are going to be happening. The Everly Set. Everly Set, excuse me. Um, <laughs> Or is happening, and it is the, the perfect, like, Tuesday night getaway. I kind of love that. And you can get cute dinner here, too. So I'm going to let you guys go, but I want one more song before we roll. Cool. This is a story song. When it came out, it was considered impossibly scandalous. It tells the story of a first date where a young boy takes a girl that he likes to a, um, to a party. As a fist fight breaks out at the party, the girl gets knocked unconscious, Everyone calls the cops, but they all scatter. Cops show up. They find the girl unconscious, and they assume that she's the leader of a teenage gang. They lock her up in prison, and the boy's waiting for her to get out of prison so he can have a second date with her. Here we go. Two, three, four. I took my little Jenny to a party last night. At 10 o'clock, it ended in a heck of a fight.
this morning She made it with a bang According to the story in the paper this morning Jenny is the leader of a teenage gang Jenny has a brother and he's hot on my train Her daddy wants to ride me out of town on a rail I hope I'll be around when Jenny gets out of jail Poor Jenny Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me. I had such a fantastic time hanging out at Feinstein's 54 Below. Thank you guys for having me. Everybody over there, it was so much fun. And of course, Sean Altman and Jack Sculler, thank you so much for being guests. We had a great time. And I hope that if you are in town May 9th and you do have time on your hands and you want to go see something different, that you make a chance and go see these guys giving you approximately the Everly Brothers. It's so wonderful. These guys are so cool. And again, thank you for listening to this crazy podcast fun that I'm having, and I hope that you are telling your friends all about it. And like the Fabergé organic shampoo commercial of the 70s, I need you to tell two friends and have them tell two friends, and so on, and so on, and so on. I feel like I'm retro- why not? Thank you guys so much for hanging out and have a great, great day and support live entertainment, support live theater, support the arts because that's all we got. All right. Holla. For more podcasts, go to Keith Price's Curtain Call on iTunes, SoundCloud, MixCloud, and Google Play. <laughs>